This is the podcast of Christian Life Center, an Assemblies of God church in Springfield, Massachusetts. For more information, visit our website at clc413.com. Would you please turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Ruth? The book of Ruth. Chapter 1. Verse 1. In the days when the judges ruled in Israel, a severe famine came upon the land. So a man from Bethlehem in Judah left his home and went to live in the country of Moab, taking his wife and two sons with him. The man's name was Elimelech, and his wife was Naomi. Their two sons were Malan and Kilian. They were Ephrathites from Bethlehem in the land of Judah, and when they reached Moab, they settled there. Then Elimelech died, and Naomi was left with her two sons. The two sons married Moabite women. One married a woman named Orpah, and the other a woman named Ruth. But about ten years later, both Malan and Kilian died. and This left Naomi alone, without her two sons or her husband. I want to pause there. Oftentimes, in times of great trial and challenge, God is preparing a blessing. And yet it's so hard when you see the problems all around to be able to focus on the work that God is doing. For those of you who are mothers in this room today, There's no doubt that you have gone through trials and challenges in the process of raising your children. And particularly with your first child, no doubt there were many questions that were not easily answered because children don't come with an instruction manual. And so there's a lot of learning. And in that learning, there are challenges But through those challenges come great blessing if you're willing to stick it through. In this setting here in chapter 1 of the book of Ruth, we see that there was a great famine that came upon the land of Israel. And so there was a man named Elimelech and he had his wife and his children, his two sons. And because the famine was so great, He decided that he would leave the land of Israel and would go to another land, the land of Moab. Now, in the land of Moab, these people were not people who honored God. These were not people who understood the true God. And yet this man and his family ended up leaving. Why? Because of trials, because of challenge, because there was a famine. So he goes to Moab and... The scripture tells us that 
Elimelech ends up passing away. And so now we have Naomi and her two sons, Malan and Kilian, who were there. And they married two young ladies from Moab. And then we fast forward 10 years and both of these children, Kilian and Malan, passed away. And so it has been one challenge after another for Naomi. She leaves her own land, her own people. And for those of you who have got settled in in an area and have had to pick up your roots and go somewhere else, you know that's not easy. You can no longer go to your your friend next door, your family member next door, and to be able to share with them your trials and the challenges and have comfort from them because you're in a land where nobody knows you. But not only that, the people, for the most part, do not honor or worship the true God. So there is a great sense of isolation. And I, I have no doubt that, that you as a mother have oftentimes gone through these periods of time where you have felt isolated. Maybe even when everything is going generally okay, there can be sometimes pressures that come upon you where you feel like you are carrying a great burden that sometimes can isolate you from those around you. And I want you to know today that even in the midst of those moments of isolation, God is very well aware of the burden that you're carrying. He is very well aware of the isolation. He is very well aware of the pain and the struggle. But in the midst of the trial, God is always working something good. And that's the critical thing that you need to hold to in the midst of the moments where you feel overwhelmed by the responsibilities of motherhood, where you feel overwhelmed by the responsibilities and the care of the home and all that falls to your plate. Though you may feel alone, you are never alone because God loves you and he cares about you and he has made you a promise. He has said that he will never leave you and he will never forsake you. And that includes every mother in this room here today. So Naomi found herself in a very difficult situation. She was first dealing with the famine, moves to a place where she doesn't know anybody. Her own husband dies and all the grief and the loss that she must have went through in the loss of her husband. And then I don't know exactly how much time was between each child passing away, but then her, both of her children end up passing away. Can you imagine the grief that she was dealing with in a place where she didn't perhaps have the shoulder to cry on like she would have back home? She was in a place of isolation. And she was dealing with a lot of pain. Verse 6, but then Naomi heard, that in Mo, heard in Moab that the Lord had blessed his people in Judah by giving them good crops again. So Naomi and her daughters-in-law got ready to leave Moab to return to her homeland. With, two, with her two daughters-in-law, she set out from the place where she had been living, and they took the road that would lead them back to Judah. Judah. 
But on the way, Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, go back to your mother's homes and may their Lord reward you for your kindness to your husbands and me. May the Lord bless you with the security of another marriage. Then she kissed them goodbye and they all broke down and wept. Notice what Naomi said. Go back to your mother's homes. Their husbands, just like Naomi's husband, had passed away. Can you imagine the loss of the security, the level of grief that they were dealing with? And now comes the task that these Naomi is coming back to her homeland. But these two ladies are now moving to a place that they don't know anybody. And so Naomi says to them, go back to your mother's homes and may the Lord reward you for your kindness to your husbands and to me. Mothers play a special role. And in the lives of these two ladies, no doubt as they grew up in their mother's home, it was a place of refuge, a place of care. And Naomi, she was going through great heartache, having lost all of the men in her life, her husband and her two sons. She's now journeying back, really because the food is now available once again back home. And so she says to her daughters-in-law, go back. They had already started on a journey with her to go to the place that God had blessed. And so in the middle of this journey, or however far they got, Naomi, no doubt, is thinking this whole thing through, saying, I'm not sure this is really the best idea. I have no one necessarily that's going to be caring for me, and now I'm bringing these other two girls along. Uh, this is probably more than they'll be able to bear. Uh, it's a lot for me to bear. And so I'm going to tell them, you girls, you go ahead back home to your mother's place. And perhaps you'll find another husband there. In moments of trial, oftentimes God will bring every one of us to moments of decision. Because moments of trial and pressure are what bring us to the determination of how we will decide in a particular matter. Now, there is the level of blood relative. And God looks at that in a very important way. In fact, the Bible says that those who do not care for their own family in times of need, listen to this, this is a strong word, but this is from the Lord, those who don't care for their own family in times of need are worse than an unbeliever. Okay, this is very important for you to hear. Because God's intention is that we honor those in our lives that God has placed in authority over us. It's very important that we recognize the role that God has given us to encourage and to bless our mothers. 
That's critical. Now, there may be the occasion of a person in this room, maybe your relationship with your mother was not so good. Maybe the situation between your mother and you was one of pain. But I want you to know this, that even in the midst of pain, God can give you grace to bless your mother. And the role that you have in the life of your family is one that no one else will ever have. God has given you a specific responsibility. There is that role that we must honor in the bloodline. In fact, the scripture says that if there is a widow in the church that does not have a husband to care for her, but has children, that the church is supposed to look to the family first to provide the care for that lady. And it says that if there is a lady who is serving the Lord, whose husband is no longer living, but has children that are living, that it falls to the children that are alive to care for their parents first before the church would reach out in care for the parents. That's a very important role. So God wants us to honor our parents. And Jesus also addressed a false idea that some of the religious leaders had in his day of some people who did not want to honor their parents. And so they came up with this idea, well, the money that I would provide for my parents, I'm going to give it to God. And so they would take the funds that were needed to be able to care for their, their, their family members, their parents, and they would make that part of their commitment for their offering instead of caring for their parents. And Jesus addressed that issue. He said, by your tradition now, you dishonor the commandment that says you shall honor your father and your mother. Now, this is a very important point for all of us. When we take something that God has said we're supposed to do, and we replace it with something else, even though it looks good, God is not fooled. God says in his word, obedience is better than sacrifice. So when those people were taking that money and were putting it into whatever in place of honoring their parents, and it is noted that sometimes those funds weren't really given to the temple, but they were just set aside as designated for that, but they never actually gave it to the Lord. It was just a big excuse. But Jesus spoke of that, and he said, shame on those who dishonor their parents. We live in a society that unfortunately has not always honored those who are older. In fact, we can at times find throughout our society many communications that simply focus on being independent to the point of shunning those who are older than us or who have lived uh, before us 
And oftentimes when we live in that attitude, we end up paying a great price because we throw away the wisdom of those who have walked this journey before us. It's very important that we honor our parents. But in this situation that we're reading about here, uh, these two ladies that were traveling with Naomi were not her blood children. These were her daughters-in-law. Now, they, they were grown. Uh, they were no longer in uh, the mode of life where they were in their parents' household. I will also add this, that uh, there are boundaries that God intended for families. It's one of the reasons why God says that a, a person or a, uh, uh, that a, a, a man, for example, will leave his home and will cleave to his wife. God intended there to be a different boundary that is set, a new leadership role, if you will. And so it's very important that those boundaries be honored. I, I do understand that there are many situations that we can find ourselves in. I know sometimes that even as parents uh, can get involved in the lives of their children in an unhealthy way. And I just wanna encourage those of you who are older now and serving as mothers and even fathers, honor the boundary lines. If you have taught and trained your children well, let them fly on their own instead of continuing to tell them every little thing to do. God did not intend it to be that way. And if you allow them that freedom to be able to fall on their own, uh, that is very important because the day will come when you won't be around anyways. And so sometimes it's hard to let those strings go, but it's very important that you let them go so that your children can grow. And Naomi was doing just that. She was saying, go back to your mother's home. Maybe you'll find another husband. But as I mentioned earlier, in times of challenge, in times of trial, God often provides us with a decision to be made. And verse 10 says that there was a response from both of these young ladies, and they both said the same thing. No, we want to go with you to your people. Now, there was a reason that these ladies decided they wanted to go with Naomi. They did not want to stay back in their homeland. There was something special about Naomi. There was no requirement that they go with her, but of their heart they decided, we want to go with you. Ladies, young, old, you have a very special way that God has gifted you in impacting the lives of those around you. And as you invest in those around you, God will establish a relationship that goes beyond the bloodline. And ultimately, relationships that go beyond the bloodline are stronger than simply the bloodline. Now, having kept in mind what I just said, God intends for us to honor those in our bloodline, that we are responsible for caring for our own parents. 
So on that level, we must be faithful and diligent. But I will also say this, is that God can establish relationships that can even grow to a greater degree than you may have ever had in a natural relationship. And there are many people whose lives are broken, many homes are broken, but God is in the business of restoration and he wants to restore you and he wants to restore those relationships for you. Jesus was one time talking to his disciples and his disciples said, Lord, we've left everything to follow you. What do we get? Jesus looked at the disciples and he said, every single person who abandons something for my kingdom, even if it involves family members, mothers, brothers, sisters, fathers, and so on, even if those relationships are ones that they don't get to enjoy while on this earth, they will receive in return mothers and fathers and brothers and sisters and houses and lands. He said, in this life and great reward in the life to come. Now, let me give you a scenario. There are missionaries who decide that they're going to follow the call of the Lord. A, a couple years ago, we had a couple who had decided to follow the call of God. They had sold everything and they had followed through with the process of being missionaries and there was a great sacrifice involved. Yes, they had to get rid of everything they had, their house, their car, and all their possessions to be able to do that. But probably the greatest challenge was that they weren't going to be able to be down the street from their parents, from their siblings, from their grandparents, they would be following the Lord to a land where it would take quite a bit of money and time to be able to see their children, or their, their parents rather, and their siblings again. So they were an example of someone giving up family for the sake of serving the Lord. And in this process of giving up, God always rewards us for what we give up. When it's all said and done and we stand before the Lord, we'll be responsible for those things that God has put within our sphere of our bloodline and how we have honored our parents. But the next thing that is very important for us to remember, that when it comes down to the bottom line, what matters is whether we have done the will of God or not. Mothers, I know that at times there can be situations where our children will, if, if you're married and you have a, a husband and your children may go to your, your husband to be able to get a different response than the one you've provided. And hopefully you're both on the same page so that your child will hear the same thing from both parents. But at times that may or may not always uh, be the case. But it's important that as we tell our children what is right, that they will learn the lessons that they need to learn instead of simply receiving what they want all the time. And there are situations particularly uh, that are accentuated in other countries where people have to lay before God even their most basic relationships. For if a person chooses to accept Christ, 
there are places where they will be actually kicked out of the home and no longer considered a part of the family. Now, when that is a decision that has to be made, we have to choose to honor God more than honoring our parents. Okay, and, and I just want to explain this scripture. You may have heard this scripture, and it is so true. Jesus said, unless you are willing to love your father and mother less than me, you cannot be my disciple. And in some versions, it actually uses the word hate. That word hate literally means love less. That means that we must love God more than anything. And if our parents discourage us from honoring God, we need to still honor God. And God will bless us for that. So when it comes to whether I'm going to please my mother or whether I'm going to please God, it must always be God. There was a time when Jesus was standing surrounded by people. And his disciples said to her, Jesus, don't you know that your mother and your brothers are looking for you? They were speaking to him in such a way like, Jesus, don't you understand that you need to stop talking to all these people? Prioritize your family. And Jesus said, who are my mother and my brothers and my sisters? Now, that's an interesting question, especially after the disciples had just said, don't you know they're looking for you? He says, who are my mothers, my brothers, and my sisters? Those who hear the will of God or the word of God and do it. What does that mean? That means that it's more important to honor God than to even honor those natural ties when it comes in conflict. Now, what a blessing it is when a whole family loves God. Then you don't have to make that choice. But if you're ever put in that choice... Make sure you honor the Lord because when you honor God, he'll give you strength through all of the difficult challenges that arise with that choice. And so after these ladies say, no, we want to go with you, Naomi says, why should you go on with me? Verse 11, can I still give birth to other sons who could grow up to be your husbands? No, my daughters, return to your parents' homes for I'm too old to marry again. And even if it were possible and I were to get married tonight and bear sons, then what? Would you wait for them to grow up and marry them? No, of course not, my daughters. These are far more bitter for me. Things are far more bitter for me than for you because the Lord himself has raised his fist against me. Naomi was going through a very difficult time and she even felt as though God were opposing her. They wept together, and Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye, but Ruth clung tightly to Naomi. Orpah had said she would stay, but Orpah did not end up staying because Orpah, her heart's commitment was not as strong as Ruth's. Ruth clung tightly to Naomi, and look, Naomi said to her sister, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. You should do the same. But Ruth replied, don't ask me to leave you and turn back. Wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people and your God will be my God. Wherever you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. 
May the Lord punish me severely if I allow anything but death to separate us. And when Naomi saw that Ruth was determined to go with her, she said nothing more. So the two of them continued on their journey. When they came to Bethlehem, the entire town was excited by their arrival. Is it really Naomi? The women asked. Don't call me Naomi, she responded. Instead, call me Mara. For the Almighty has made life very bitter for me. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me home empty. Why call me Naomi when the Lord has caused me to suffer and the Almighty has sent such tragedy upon me? So Naomi returned from Moab, accompanied by her daughter-in-law, Ruth, the young Moabite woman. They arrived in Bethlehem in late spring at the beginning of the barley harvest. Little did they both know, but that through all of this challenge, God was brewing a blessing. And the long and short of the story is, is that God would bring Boaz into the picture, who would end up being in the line of the Messiah. And what an amazing thing that someone who essentially didn't fit in the picture, because this was a Moabite woman, Ruth was brought in and ended up being a part of the lineage of the Messiah. Isn't it just like God to take someone who would not seem like they're supposed to be a part of the picture and restore them and to make them a part of the grand design of his plan? Mothers in this room, I want to encourage you. No matter what the past has been, God is at work. Maybe you are at the point like Naomi was, where she felt so overwhelmed, where she said, don't even call me Naomi, but call me Mara, because God has raised his fist against me, and I feel bitter in my soul. But God was brewing a blessing, and God would end up blessing Naomi through Ruth. God would end up blessing Naomi through Ruth, as Ruth would go out to the fields and would end up bringing back food that would be given to her from Boaz. Mothers, I want to encourage you today that no matter how dark your days may have been or may even be, God sees. He is the God who sees into the dark recesses of every bit of pain, in Psalm 139, it says that the darkness is as light to God. There is no moment, there is no place so dark that God doesn't see that spot and that moment. And if you at any point feel overwhelmed by the responsibilities, by all that may fall upon your shoulders, know this, that in the middle of that challenge, God is always up to something good. And he will work things out for you, but you must be persistent. You must trust the Lord. And even when you're encouraged to turn back, don't do it. Seek after God and trust him because he will be there for you. Orpah turned back, but Ruth did not. Ruth received the blessing because she remained steadfast. And from what we can see in Naomi's life, Naomi wasn't this person who was bubbling over with joy that might be someone you just love to hang around. You know what I mean? Naomi was in a spot. I mean, I can just kind of picture her from what I read going down the journey with a face kind of down. 
and for roots to stick it out and say, your God's going to be my God and your people are going to be my people and God forbid that I should separate from you if not except through death. Those are very strong words coming from someone who is leaving her homeland. But there was a desire for God in her heart. She didn't only say, I'm going where you're going, but she said, your God will be my God. The greatest thing that you can ever do, ladies in this room, whether you have children or not, the greatest way that you can affect others around you is to allow the Spirit of God to invest through you the wonderful hope that we have through Jesus Christ. It's one thing to give birth to a child in the natural. It's a whole nother thing to be instrumental in the second birth process and to see the Spirit of God transform, first of all, your own kids in that second birth. And those who you may have not given birth to, to see them brought into the kingdom of God. May God fill every single one of your hearts with joy because whether or not you have natural children on this earth, you can be a spiritual mother to many. And like Naomi, you can impact not only the next generation, but the generation after that and after that and after that. And the reason that we are able to hear this story told again today is because Ruth was willing to pursue after God and to honor her mother-in-law. And I want to ask all of us in this room to close ourselves in with God I want to ask you a very important question. You don't need to answer this question, but I just want to rhetorically ask you this question. How have you honored your mother over the last year? Not including today. Take today out of the picture for a moment. How have you, over the last 364 days, how have you honored your mother? Because I've got news to share with you. The way that you've honored her over the last 364 days will affect the way that she truly feels honored today. A card will never make up for lost opportunities when the rubber meets the road. But a heart of genuine care and love will, and God can restore relationships. But it's very important that you understand that giving a bouquet of flowers is not the only thing you need to do. You need to love your mother throughout the year. You need to pray for your mother. And you need to show in public areas that you honor your mom. And not only in private. I believe that God brings revival 
when we get our home life in order. One of the things that can break or block our relationship with our Heavenly Father is when we dishonor those in our family that God intended us to honor. So how have you treated your mother over the last 364 days? Now, if in your heart you would say, Lord, forgive me, for I have held resentment against my mother. There are things that she's done in the past to hurt me, and I've maybe even stopped talking to her. Maybe I just give her a token of something once a year just to be able to qualm my conscience. But God, I truly want to love with the kind of love that you love. And I want to honor even when it's hard. God, would you help me and teach me how to love my mother the whole year through?